Okay, welcome back. We're doing part two of the Q&A. Today we have a handful more questions that we put off from the Q&A from last week because they were similar in nature and it kind of, I mean, me reading through them, it kind of made more sense to kind of just group them together and create a, an episode specifically about these ones because they're all kind of in the same category of questions talking you know and with men in the kind of the 35 to 40 plus age range mm-hmm. you know all the health things and strength and training that come along with how do i do it at this point in yeah. my life right because <clears throat> i think you know everybody reaches that point where you're like oh okay well sleep matters yeah. and you know like all these other things that you could just get away with for your entire life it's not that case anymore and like that's the 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 thing that everybody always says when you train it's like well you're not gonna be able to do this forever or you know i wish you know i wish i could eat like you did when yeah. you know like I, I heard that all the time yeah you know and so uh there's things like that that i'm already starting to realize changes mm-hmm. in which is it's an interesting thing to be going through yeah. Oh, it's only going to get worse. Like, I promise you. I got, yeah, I got ten years of mistakes just, ahead of you. So, <laughs> exactly, and it's just like some some like small realizations that ultimately I'm like, okay, this isn't that big of a deal. Like, there's no health issues, mm-hmm. right? But then things happen, or I realize things about how I eat and how I train, and like I wake up feeling certain ways days after. And I'm like, oh man, like this stuff matters mm-hmm. more now than it did before. And I think the, uh, maybe it was Rob Wolf was talking about this sometime when he was saying, you know, the older you get, the simpler you need to be with the things that you mm-hmm. do health wise, mm-hmm. nutritionally and stuff like that. Like he, a lot of people I think see the, you get old, you get older and now you have to do all of the supplements mm-hmm. It's like, I got to take all this. I got to get all this. And and the point that Rob was making in this episode was he's like, actually, like the simpler you can make things as you get older, the better it's going to be for your system yeah. as a functioning machine because it's got less to have to worry about and operate on and like flush through certain things. And so I'm realizing now I'm like, oh, I don't feel good when I consume certain things anymore that like that wasn't a problem even a year ago you know so it's just funny how fast it all happens yeah I think for me you know I got an early introduction to some of that um through my injury and the antibiotic use you know it really it really threw my stomach for a loop and um you know it was just to the point where vomiting sometimes I couldn't eat at all sometimes it was like just miserable process so went through the elimination diet and realized one my portions as a power lifter were like they were obviously large. I mean, they were huge meals. But secondary to that, even coming out of powerlifting, it was very hard for me to reprogram myself to what an actual, like, agreeable food plot was as far as right. how much meat you should... Like, how much do people eat it? Well, and, you, you know, you think, <laughs> you, you get somewhat trained to it. Like, you know, you grow, you grow totally. up in a southern household where food is kind of like the culture... Um, and the clean plate rule is the standard, you know, that was a difficult one for me, Mm -hmm. but now I look at some of my plate sizes and I, you know, I'm eyeball kind of measuring everything, you know, obviously a half a cup of rice is a half a cup of rice, but, um, right. For the most part, everything is like portion considerate to my body weight, my body size and my output. And it's not a ton of food, even, even at the, you know, little over 3000 calories as a maintenance, 
when you really kind of look at it for what it is. It's not a ton of food, but they're very simple foods. They're easy to digest foods for the most part. I'm still a big proponent. Like we've talked about 10,000 times, have your pizza, have your burger, have the ribs, whatever it is that you like from time to time, but keep the system going. But you know, for me, uh, I, I saw a post about this, uh, Nick Hardwick, former NFL player. He had a post this yeah. morning actually kind of about this. Um, somebody kind of ripped on him from being like a big weightlifter going into old man yoga is what this person called it. And he was talking <laughs> yeah. about like the change and, um, you know, I very rarely comment on people's stuff. And it was like a call to me to just be like, Hey, you know, I'm a hundred pounds down. My training has changed tremendously for the better, mm -hmm. for the benefit of my life. Mm -hmm. And dude, when I was powerlifting, I thought, you know, I remember the guys doing what I'm doing now, like kind of transitioning out of the sport, um, whether it's injury, money, time, whatever, and just kind of becoming a better version of themselves. You know, a guy I can think of is Vinny DiCenzo. Um, you know, really, really great power lifter, super heavyweight, shorter guy for a super heavyweight, but he was just one of those guys that was just stacked. And, um, yeah. you know, he was one of the first guys I really saw not just go back into like normal life, but really keep lifting at a high level. Um, you know, not competitively, but like going to the gym every day and transforming his body from this 300 plus pound man into a 215, 220 pound individual with abs and looked like, you know, just a dedicated gym goer talking to him. It was a big, big light bulb for me that I was going to die if I stayed big, if not sooner than later, sooner than I should. Um, but nevertheless, I just didn't feel good. So I think a lot of people, what you're talking about is some of the extreme stuff, that people go through is because they're not in a place like it's weird as bad as I was physically, I was still going to the gym every day. You know what I mean? So that was, right. that was easy right. to maintain that habit. I just had to get over the ego part of changing what I was doing. Whereas I think it's a lot right. harder maneuver for someone who is 10 years removed from high school, nearing 30 years old, you know, kid job, whatever, haven't done anything significant physically since high school getting off the couch for the first time is more difficult for that person in many ways than yeah. me just transitioning a habit. So I think speaking to both ends through this, like there are people like, uh, Paul, he asked a question, a great friend of mine from Britain, um, like an amazing bodybuilder over there. Um, he's got a Ronnie mm -hmm. Coleman story. I'll have to get him to tell you sometime, but it's a, it's a pretty good one. I won't say it online, but it's a, it's a really, really cool story for Paul. Like <clears throat> just the experience of competing yeah. beside Ronnie, some of the interaction between yeah. those two. I mean, this is like primetime Ronnie, you know, and Paul's standing on the stage with him and, and that interaction was cool. That's crazy. Nevertheless, he asked a question, which I always appreciate. Um, Paul and Tanya just really not to get on a big tangent, but they're, they're two people that really helped impact me. Uh, moving forward, you know, just like how to get things going in the right direction. And they were, they're just examples of people that have transitioned their lives in a hundred different directions and, and always sure. move forward, if that makes sense. So let's get yeah. into those questions or I'll keep talking all day about a thousand things. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> um, I was just scrolling through them and the one that he asked, uh, since we brought him up, we'll just ask his, um, says, as an older athlete, do you have any suggestions on how to keep your appetite going and effective when you get into your 60s? 
I know it's very specific to each person, but as we age, our capacity to eat large quantities of good, wholesome food diminishes and our ability to process large volumes also declines. I think it might be a a worthwhile endeavor to look at the Blaine Sumner approach, you know, um, to get his food volume in. He was blending chicken and beef and making shakes, not saying, hey, go (laughs) with water, like literally with water. Uh, Swede Burns did the same thing for years to get that high volume of protein and, and volume of food. I'm not saying necessarily run out and and go that direction and just start blending your food. But what I would say is I would lend my diet more to something that was like that quick digestible protein, like a good protein shake, have some yogurt in there. So you get some, um, I love protein shakes with yogurt because it's just a, it's kind of like a dual factor process. I'm putting something in there that could bother my stomach. But I'm also putting something in there that could make my stomach better. And I also think, you know, finding the right protein for your body, a higher quality protein is going to be always a win. So I would probably run that at breakfast with some berries, protein powder, yogurt, water, or milk, Mm -hmm. something like that. And then I would stay on the lighter side of, you know, chicken and easy to digest something like rice for my second meal. And then I would I would backlog my calories for the more desirable food at dinner. You know, something that's going to be a little bit more uh, mouth-watering, something that's going to be more appetizing sure. than just normal kind of dietary health food. Expand those calories around and things that you enjoy. And I think if you can cover your bases with things that are easy to digest and get down and then transition to the things that you really want and enjoy to keep the calories high enough to be beneficial for your body type and your exercise yeah. type, that might be the recipe in the win. I don't know. Cause I'm not 60 years old, but you know, Paul is ahead of the curve and he looks phenomenal, but I'm sure he's a, he's more aware than the average 60 year old of how his body is changing. Sure. So not something that I can speak on necessarily as a, as a, you know, an anecdotal expert, but just understanding right. myself when I get in those lulls where I don't want to, I don't want to fix another meal. You know, I don't want to fix anything. Right. If I can yeah. front load my day with foundation foods, salivating food at dinner that covers my needs that's the win and it's i always think whether you're going up down whatever it's going to be psychological and unless you're like unless you're getting a physical stress i would just encourage people to to look at it as like more than food this is my fuel this is the this is the beginning of my result whether that's energy Mm -hmm. or aesthetic or whatever i think we just have to keep kind of plowing forward and for me, it was always pick up the fork more or put the fork down. You know, like that was always right. my go-to. And the the point about the quality and the digestibility from a select food selection standpoint, you mentioned white rice or whatever, but I mean, that's kind of the point of like efforting yeah. steel, <clears throat> like vertical diet stuff is like eat foods that are going to be the least gastrointestinally like complicated mm-hmm. essentially, which I imagine, like you said, neither of us are in that age bracket where Paul is, but I would imagine that kind of stuff makes an even better situation or makes a, a more of a difference when you get to that age. Like, and it kind of goes back to even the thing I said about what Rob Wolf said earlier, like the simple, the more simple you can make it on your gut and everything through that as you like the older you get, you're probably able to do some more of the things like you had said with, you have, bigger calorie shakes or bigger meals at the end of the day with kind of like those those fun things or those mouth-watering foods and then I would be totally remiss if I didn't throw my 
let's get a, hopefully a patent pending idea on the name anabolic eggnog <laughs> shake. Yes. <laughs> in into the thing where you go raw milk, raw milk, not whole milk, milk, but raw yeah. milk, two or three or however many raw eggs you want. And then uh, I usually do three on most, most times I make it. So I'll do like eight to 10 ounces of raw milk. I'll do three raw eggs. I'll do either hundred percent pure maple mm-hmm. syrup and do like a tablespoon or even some raw mm-hmm. honey for just like a little bit of sweetener. And I'll do a little bit of like a pinch of sea salt. And then I'll do like, if I'm feeling holiday ish, I'll throw a little nutmeg oh, yeah. on there and it makes it literally taste like eggnog. Or sometimes I'll just do cinnamon and then you do like an immersion blender thing in there. And I broke it down. Um, it's like the, it's like literally the most balanced shake I've ever seen in my yeah. life from a macro standpoint. Like it's literally like 35 grams of protein, 35 grams of carb, 35 grams of fat, yeah. like almost exactly across the board. So if you're looking for like a low anything, that's probably not going to be the case, but all of those foods in there, incredibly gut friendly yeah. and going to make it easy to digest. You're going to be easy. It's going to be easy to absorb and actually utilize mm-hmm the nutrients that are in that thing. Plus you're getting with, with the raw milk and the raw eggs, you're getting tons of micronutrients involved. Also, it's not just protein and carbs and fat, you know? So that's one that is, you know, as we're talking about all the things that we're changing and going through, like that's been one of the things that has been super helpful for me because the gut stuff is what I'm noticing the Mm -hmm. most right now is like how my gut responds to certain types of foods, not even, like specific foods themselves, but like whole categories of types of foods. It's like anything in this realm now kind of makes me feel bloated or like I'm not digesting things well and it affects my energy. And I'm like, okay, well, what do I need to do? So I cut back, do that kind of stuff. But that the raw milk stuff has been huge for, for me and feeling better. Yeah. You know, I read a, it wasn't a study. It was kind of a guy's journey through his diet. And, um, I, I think he, he referenced some studies, but what he correlated, you know, like so many things in our body, you know, like just to equate it to depression, you know, when you're depressed, it literally puts you on the couch. So you feel so bad that you get up and move like that's that is mm. the mechanism of depression from a, you know, just from a a body standpoint is these these things sure. give you marker signs. So if you're getting if you're eating food <clears throat> and it's bloating you, what a time I would have found a lot of times or what this guy referenced was that when your stomach gets bloated, you'll actually get more tired so that you can stop moving and stop utilizing um, or stop stressing the gut more by making it hyper-processed. So like, pay attention to those things. What food make you fatigued that may not even feel like intestinal stress, but a lot of times if you get tired after you eat, it's not just the carbs and the sugars, it's actually the stress on the gut. you know, I don't know the details on the, on the metrics of that, but I do know that there's a correlative yeah. fact. Um, but yeah, For I think, sure. you know, that shake is, is really a go-to and a lot of people look at the raw eggs and they're like, Oh my God, I can't do this. Listen, like Ross said, I do, uh, I do Mexican vanilla, which that is a secret ingredient yeah. for everything. Oh, vanilla. That's a so I throw one. vanilla yeah. in there and just, if I'm really being, um, calorie conscious, I'll use sugar-free maple syrup, which is basically just like a synthetic, chemical but yeah. um, nevertheless real maple syrup is the way to go i mean just to get that that full natural balanced blend because like ross said when mm-hmm. you look at the the metrics on it it's you know it's literally one of the more evenly balanced meals quote unquote that you could put mm-hmm. in your body at any, any given time and it's liquid 
So it's going to digest super, super easily. Um, I never had any, like, I never had any problems with it and I've been doing it forever. So yeah. Yeah. And it tastes like literally melted. Yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome. <laughs> it's so yeah, good. For real. <laughs> and even when you, I mean, even when you think about it, I've I've broken this down several times, but I can't remember the specifics on on pricing of stuff. I broke it down as a per serving deal against like a, I think it was like a, I think the average was like a fifty eight dollar tub yeah. of grass fed, like high quality stuff, not just mm-hmm. you know body armor whatever junk protein yeah, right, from Walmart right. for $20. But like if you were to compare it to like a, a high quality thing, uh, I think it was like 58 bucks for a, a tub that would last you 30 servings. It It's way more cost effective to even do mm-hmm. this, depending on where you can get raw milk. Because sometimes that can be the hang up. Yeah, it's eight here. So. so, yeah. So, I mean, there are places where it's like 10 and 12 yeah depending on where you live and how in some places, depending on where you live, it's illegal. So it's a $15,000 fine. (laughs) Yeah. And you can't take it across state lines because then you're smuggling. So, I mean, it's a whole, it's a whole thing, but it's actually, it breaks down to be more cost effective way. Even if you had one every Mm -hmm. day, even with the price and, you know, we're dealing with inflation now and eggs and whatever. But I mean, even I did this recently, like within the last few months and it was still breaking down to be more, more cost effective. So, that's always a, a good way to do it. So let's let's go to the next one. Um, let's see. Let's do this one. This one is from Jay Coburn eighty nine. What up? <laughs> Said I'd love to know the best way to start getting into shape at the age of forty four. You guys put out a lot of great content, but I'm curious as to what you would recommend for this. Man, I'll keep it short and sweet. Like if if you recognize that you're not in shape, just acknowledge that you're going to have to do more than you're doing. Like that's the simplest thing I can tell you a recipe for mm-hmm. success that I started with a guy, um, really a couple years ago, but the first step for success for him was 15 minute walks. First thing in the morning, he did nothing more than that for two weeks. Yeah. And then it was a 30 minute walk in the morning. And then that changed to 15 minutes of walking and then 15 minutes of like very, very specific one or two body, like one or two exercises, really. Yep. Just just yep. getting in the mo- motion of movement and building on that. And then it was 45 minutes total in week three. I'm sorry, in week four. And then it was an hour at mm-hmm. week six. So 30 minutes for yep. about two to three weeks, 45 minutes for two to three weeks. And then at six weeks, start hitting your hour. And really in an hour a day, I think lifting weights three times a week um, for most people our age, you know, say that 40 plus range, three times a week, one hour, dedicated effort, not just an hour on your phone or talking to people. I'm talking like an hour of really intensive focused focused training, well planned, but nevertheless, um, it's, it's not something that is like you can hurry up and do a lot of things to get yourself acclimated quickly. But a lot of times what I see, especially for an untrained individual, is that the gains are good until injury occurs. And, you know, over stress injuries like, you know, shin splints can become a nagging problem that take you out for a week or two. Uh, Foot problems, knee problems. Give yourself the respect that, you know, I am not where I should be. It's not going to happen overnight. You didn't get in poor shape for 44 years to correct it in six weeks. This is going to be a week to week, month to month year-to-year progression of improvement you know i'm at day 1581 or two right now 
And from June, from June 1st of 2019, we're in 2023. And really only in the last six, eight months have I started actualizing what I wanted to feel in conjunction with how I looked. You know, like there were times mm. before when I was feeling much better, but I was still holding a little more body fat than I wanted or I wasn't as strong as I wanted or as agile or mobile or con- conditioning-wise. Like I was always facets of getting better in all those things, but I could not do them all at once. So, you know, yeah. I'm really three, four years into this process. And a lot of that was mistakes. A lot of that was herk and jerk kind of starts, stops, recorrect, think kind of th- or redirect and correct course. And, um, but now I'm kind of in a groove and we talked about it a couple podcasts ago where it's so hard climbing the mountain to where you want to be. But when you're there, it's very flexible. The flexibility of, right. well, I don't, I can have some beers or I can have some pizzas or hamburgers or whatever. You got to get there first. You can reward yourself along the way, but they can become a part of your process again once you reach a level that you want to su- sustain. So that yeah. would be my that would be my goal is like thirty minutes three weeks, forty five minutes three weeks, and at six weeks start hitting an hour three days a week. Yeah. Get mobile with your family, your kids, whatever. Like if you know if somebody in your household says, "Well, you can't work out or you shouldn't work out or we got to do family stuff," get them outside too. You know, like there's a yeah. cause right now as far as just people needing to have better awareness of their health, better awareness of their physicality and just taking care of themselves better. So there's no better time than right now to start. The only thing I would add is from a nutritional standpoint, uh, because we're in the, we're in the mode of, we're going to start off extremely simple, right? Like I'm not going to tell you we're going to do certain number of macros or anything like that yet. The only thing I would say is get however many meals you eat a day. If it's two, if it's three, if it's four, whatever, eat some form of protein at every meal you eat. Like for now, that's the only thing I would say nutritionally, like just focus on getting some more protein in your diet. The easiest way is to add a little bit each time you eat something, you know, good, good protein sources, eggs, beef, chicken, you know, anything like that. And then, yeah drink water <laughs> first time i've done it on air just wanted, wanted yeah. to mark it down <laughs> had two water bottles the last two days it's a big change <laughs> it's a yeah. record uh okay let's see we got two more good ones um and two that suck no. <laughs> not even gonna not read even gonna, them no. <laughs> <laughs> we read them and we discussed it uh, <laughs> actually, actually deleted deleted. the comments and blocked you Almost from the page. taking down the post. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this one, I'm going to read. Uh, so it has a name underneath, but I'm going to read the username because it's funnier for me for some reason. I'm going to read 031118 underscore Renee. And this one is, if an upcoming surgery recovery required you to adhere to very light exercise for months, parenthetical accrue a lot of steps, what would you do to occupy occupy your mind, stay busy, and achieve a similar exercise high, quote unquote? Well, I uh, I went through nineteen knee surgeries, uh, primarily ending up, you know, four weeks of per- good person. Has yeah, pretty uh, pretty <laughs> dedicatedly just staying still, you know, on my back more or less, on my side, on the couch or the bed. Um, that part was devastating for me. Like the the four weeks became like that was the war of attrition because I knew once I could get standing, I would 
I would run towards whatever progress I could find. But the time of being down, being on my back, being unable to do the things that made me me was very, very challenging. So number one for me, um, every time I would go in for a surgery, I would make sure that I had at least two to three books lined up, you know, and I found authors throughout the, throughout the course of this that I liked or revisited old books that I enjoyed, but something that will keep you mentally stimulated, like beyond the inf- the incoming of news and media and Netflix and all those things, something to actively like keep your mind occupied and busy because the hours will pass slow, but reading helped a lot. Journaling helped a lot. Um, whatever activity you can do, I, obviously I don't know the surgery, so I was limited somewhat by my inability to even stand. So a lot of times those first four weeks were nothing. And it was somewhat in a depressive state of, I just don't want to do anything feeling like this. So, but as soon as I would get cleared and I could stand, um, the leg was obviously very, very compromised. I had to do physical therapy independently on that leg. But for the other leg, you know, I could do leg extensions. I could do single leg curls. I could do single leg press. Um, everything that I did was, was designed to just keep my body building and stimulated. It wasn't trying to be super strong. It wasn't trying to be who I was. It was trying to keep me from going further backwards. And to that, I would add one little trick that Louie helped me understand when I was at Westside. Let's say you have a knee injury, example. And I go in and I can do a 400-pound leg press, one-legged with my good leg for 10 reps. He said, just take that volume and put it into your bad leg. If that's 100 pounds, it's 40 reps. If it's 200 pounds, it's 20 reps. Whatever it takes you to do to not only reach that 4,000 of pounds of volume, 400 times 10, he said actually do about 10% to 20% more in the repetition range to get more volume. He was like, a weakened leg is never going to catch a stronger leg by doing the same or less. And that was such a good, valuable point that I took into training for my partners as well. Because when you're a young kid and you squat 400 as a max and I'm squatting 800, you're not going to catch me if you just do your sets of 400, right? So what we would have those guys do, one, those guys loaded and unloaded every plate. So that was always like extra work, extra work, extra work. They would still have to down squat a portion of like 70% for every set I did. So if it took them five sets to get their four sets of 500 or 400, I'm still six plates, seven plates, eight plates before I get to my four sets. So it's like these guys, you know, it was, it was a lot of volume for them, but that belief in you will never catch me by doing less, you know, it just, it made so much sense to me. I don't know the the science behind it at all, but it made sense. It connected, applied it to my training partners. They got better. And then I applied it to my injury and I applied it to training partners injuries. You know, it, it just works out really well that way. Figure out what your good side can do or whatever you were capable of at a good standard and then build yourself back up incrementally through volume designation. I think that's a good way to go. Hold on, I lost you. Nope, can't hear you. Yep, How about now? It would help if the mic wasn't <laughs> muted. <laughs> uh, last one. From our boy Bob. 
regarding Q&A podcast. I'd like to hear some honest feedback from you guys on TRT and BPC 157. I've been teetering back and forth whether to start it at 41 years old. I'd like to know the good and the bad. My biggest concern is raising hematocrit levels, but I feel like it would definitely help. Um, I guess I'll give this one a go again. I've been on TRT really dedicatedly for five years with doctor's guidance, blood work, and so on and so forth. I think every single man should at least talk to a hormone specialist. Not saying every man should jump on testosterone or TRT. I think it is a conversation that you should have with someone who understands hormones. Most of these doctors that service the general public, one, they have no concept, no understanding whatsoever of what these hormones can do. They have general knowledge of it. Like they understand that men produce testosterone in small amounts of estrogen. They understand that women produce estrogen and testosterone in appropriate amounts. They understand the, the, bio, the biology of those things. Sure. Someone who studies yep. hormones, someone who actually imparts hormones as a therapy has a much, much deeper knowledge of that. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you there aren't these um, fly-by-night deals where if you go in, you can get signed up for everything, and it's not good, it's not scheduled, it's not tested, whatever. Um, not the medications, but I'm saying your blood work and all that kind of stuff. There are places that just want to give you product for profit. Dr. Yes. Foster in Lexington, Foster Medical, he has helped every power lifter in this area that has gone on to TRT that I know of. I mean, he, he helps a long list of friends or guys that I competed with. I won't say they're friends, but they're people that I competed with. I know sure. them. a lot of strength coaches in the area, a lot of high level athletes, a lot of high end, like business people go to Dr. Foster. All of these people are benefiting from it. All of these people have expendable income that they could go to any doctor they want to, but they choose him because he understands so for my example, he went in and knew my history of competing in powerlifting, knew I had a wide range of anabolics and testosterone use. So his stuff for me was very corrective at first. I told him I wanted to be healthy. I wanted to live beyond 75. So his approach for me was getting my testosterone in line with normal on the high side to even just a bit higher than normal, not excessive. Mm -hmm. He wanted to get my estrogen down into normal to low normal ranges, not depleted down to zero but to a healthy, normal to normal low range. And then he wanted to keep my sperm count high with HCG. He just wanted to keep me as I would have been at a 25 year old man. So we wanted to look at those levels and try to get to that point. You look at some of these guys that are 70 years old, they're on growth hormone, they're on peptides they're on whatever. And they look, they look phenomenal, but they also look very false to me. Not to, not to take away, sure. but that's just a very specific look. Um, to me, that is what I would call hypo hyper hormone use. Like to me, I just want to look like a good in shape 60 year old guy when I'm 60 or when I'm 70, I don't want to look like I'm 40 when I'm 60 or 70, you know, right. I, I just want to look right. good for my age. Um, so you can really run with TRT to any of those ends. The peptide spectrum is amazing. So when I had my, is that what, is that what the BPC is? Yeah, I was so unfamiliar BPC, with that. Is that yes, a peptide? BPC 157 in conjunction with TB500 is those okay. two work really, really well together. That's why a lot of peptide sites sell them um, as a as a tandem. They, they come in the same blend. Mm -hmm. I highly recommend that because I've done BPC by itself and I've done TB500 by itself. Result, yes. Positive, yes. The same as when they're taken together, absolutely not. Um, one is 
more related to like cellular repair, cellular new growth. The other is more okay. to ligament tendon damage. Now, I don't remember the study. I don't know where I saw it. But when I first got into the peptide side, I saw a study that they had cut the tendons, the patella tendons of rats and just hyperdosed them with BPC-157 and TB-500. And the tendons actually bridged. You know, that's not a, that's not a healthy surgical repair, but it generated right. enough new growth that those tendons did bond. So, and wow. here's the other protocol that, that I took whenever I tore my bicep, I was rock climbing, had an underhook. And instead of using my legs, I was fatigued. I pulled really hard with my hand, bicep ripped up, rolled to my shoulder, went to a uh, surgeon in, in Lexington, had an amazing experience, totally counter to the bullshit I dealt with at university of Kentucky over my knee piece of shit. Doctors there, fuck them. Um, <laughs> but anyway, this guy he was very forward with me and like this is a this is a pretty gnarly bicep tear you have we're going to do a pretty aggressive repair yeah um if you have any tips tricks whatever to help yourself heal use them wink wink you know like he knew i was working with dr foster so and dr foster sure. can prescribe these things they're very very powerful tools so at six weeks i was doing the six month um recovery stuff like like with the wow. ability to bend my arm with yeah. the ability to grip with yeah. my hand and supinate pronate um and he was kind of like his hair was blown back a little bit the physical therapists were kind of had their hair blown back a little bit and at 12 weeks i was actually beyond the 12 month check-in as far as strength capability now i was Holy strong cow. i was i had a you know i had a training protocol beforehand yeah. it goes a long way it cannot be it cannot yeah. be stated that these things a totally detrained yes. person with no fitness or strength. That's not going to be the case, even if they take exactly. that stuff like exactly. You did. So there's yeah one TRT. The quick answer: hundred percent. Think you should investigate it. Talk to a doctor that is about it, that knows about it, that wants to hear what you have to say. Because like I said, Doctor Foster, yeah. as much money as I wanted to throw down, there are peptides for everything. There, there's growth hormone. Yeah. There's insulin. I mean, it goes on and on and on and on and on. And that's great. I wanted to focus on my health. Could I could I look younger? Sure. Could I be bigger? Sure. Could I be stronger? Sure. There's a peptide for that. There's a steroid for that. There's a cream for that. There's a, whatever you want. There's something for that. Mm -hmm. You need to know what you want going in or you're going to get a whole lot of what you don't. And that was very much my approach to it. I didn't want to do excessive amounts. I didn't want to have 10 injections a week. I wanted to be, be healthy. I wanted to look good for my age, but I wanted to age appropriately, if that makes sense. So yeah, totally. that's where I'm at. That's my suggestion for it. Do a lot of reading. Um, I'm going to give a shout out to a website with a lot of, of information. It's just called peptidesciences.com. They, have, um, mm. they do house peptides, but that's the information on that site is top class. Like, I'm not telling you to go there and order peptides. You can, but I'm telling you to go there and read because it's one of the most condensed sites with all the info there for a long, long list of peptides and what they are and how they're made. It's kind of cool when they, when they do those amino acid bonds, you know, it's basically a, a growth yeah. hormone uh, profile and they just extract the, the particular amino acids for the desired result they're looking for. And then they create a peptide with those bonds. And it's uh, hmm. it's a pretty neat process all the way around. But peptidesciences.com, tons of information. Awesome. Sponsor. That wraps up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not really. That wraps up the, uh, the Q&A. 
That was the last one. Thank you guys for the questions. We'll do these more. For, I think the last time we did one was like last year sometimes. So I want to do these a little bit more frequently, maybe every other Yeah, month with some charged so we'll topics too. That might another be cool. deal. Yeah. Yep. Yep, for sure. So uh, be sure you guys go sign up for the newsletter. When you do, you're going to get a email back that has a code for Born Primitive stuff to get you a little bit of a discount mm-hmm. there on actually everything at Born Primitive, not just BP right. Outdoors. Uh, it works for the entire site. So even if you need new stuff to train in or whatever, they make awesome stuff there too. Um, so go check it out and then we'll have some merch stuff and some other things updating hopefully soon. Very soon. (laughs) Thank you guys.